Welcome back to The Yurong Show, where we help entrepreneurs live their best lives. I'm your host, Justin Yurong, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I am going to give you the blueprint of how to find your first wholesale deal in two weeks. Now, even though you might not find a deal in two weeks, you'll at least understand the process of how to actually get your first real estate wholesale deal. And if you're new to this channel, my name's Justin Yurong. I've coached hundreds of students to help them make money in real estate, but the steps are very simple. I'm going to keep it to three steps to keep it super simple. Now, although the steps are simple, there's a lot to go behind these steps. And really, step number one, you really have to identify what market you're even seeking. And this is huge. Now, a lot of people actually tend to start in their home market, like their own backyard. So wherever you live, ask yourself, could you see yourself investing in your market? Now, in terms of a good market, what a good market is, there's a lot of different factors. Let's start with the first one, for example. The first factor of what a good market is, is the population size, like how many people are actually in this city. And in my opinion, the best places for real estate investing in general or wholesaling as well are populations or cities with populations with at least 100,000 people. Now, that's like baseline. Probably the best markets are the population cities where you have at least 500,000 people. And the reason for that is because you want to know that the market has a lot of buyers, a lot of sellers at any given time. Whereas if you're looking at a really tiny market, let's say you're looking at a city with 10,000 people in it. If you're looking to flip, I know this video is about wholesaling, but if you're looking to flip a house in a, in a city with 10,000 people and you go to list that house for sale after fixing it up, there's not going to be a lot of people looking for houses like that. And so you might have to sit on market for a long, long time, which also eats up cost. Now, I know we're talking about wholesaling, but that's just in general, like what a good market is. Population-wise, you should be shooting for a market at least 500,000 people. Now, if you're living in a market or living in a city that does not meet that requirement or option, then what you can do is if you still are very comfortable with your city, you can still choose to, to invest there or wholesale there because that's your backyard. It's most likely that you know all the streets, like you know all the cross streets, know where the ghetto areas are, know where the good areas are. That's huge. That's a big advantage because there's a lot of investors that are investing out of state, like myself that I've done. And sometimes if you are not in a market that you're comfortable with as an out-of-state investor, you're going to not know all the intricacies versus the local people. So nothing wrong with starting in your local market if you are familiar, if it, even if it doesn't meet the population option of 500,000 people. So that's the first thing. The other thing to consider is realistically the type of market that you're in. So I, I know we might go a little bit more advanced here, but there are different types of markets when it comes to real estate. There is what's called the buyer's market, a seller's market, and a neutral market. And it's going to be different across the country because even though we're in the U.S. or that's where we're we looking at real estate, even though that's the case, it's not like every city is going to do the exact same thing at every single time. There's going to be some markets where we call like hot markets, or there's going to be some markets that are going to be in downward trending markets, like recessionary periods. It's just how it works. Real estate's a very cyclical business. And in terms of the best markets to go to, here's kind of a brief rundown. Let's start with the seller's market. In a seller's market, Let's say for the general house flipper, if you go to list a house for sale after you fix it up, in a seller's market specifically, you're going to get a bunch of offers right away, super fast, and there's going to be a lot of buyers competing for the same property. So like an extreme seller's market, you list a house for sale and the next day you got like 20 offers. 
people wanting to buy your house. And as a seller, you're probably like, cool, like if you don't want to buy it, this next person will buy it. That's a seller's market because what's happening in a seller's market is there's a lot of buyers and there's not a lot of housing inventory. So there's not a lot of houses for sale, but there's a ton of buyers. So there's a ton of buyers competing for a tiny amount of houses, which means that the sellers have the power because whoever, you know, they can sell to whoever they want essentially. So that's a seller's market. In a buyer's market, it's the complete opposite. So if in a buyer's market, like a really good or hard buyer's market, as a seller, if you list a house for sale and you try to see, okay, who wants to buy this house? Now there's not a lot of buyers, but there's a ton of houses on market. There's a ton of sellers. And because of that, when you go to list a house for sale, it probably will sit a lot longer on the market. You probably won't get as much as you like because there's just not as many buyers looking. And you're probably going to have to do a lot of concessions or like give away a lot of things like maybe pay for buyer's closing costs or other things like that. And so, the, I mean, there are more technical definitions, but I'm trying to explain it in the easiest way possible. So it's like seller's buyer's market and there's a neutral market where there's like that in between a healthy market technically. And for the math nerds out there, like if you're trying to figure out like, okay, like how do you even know if what kind of market that we're in? And the easiest way to, to understand is you have to be able to understand inventory or market inventory for whatever city you're in. And the way to calculate market inventory for like essentially how many houses are on the market and how like the easiest definition for inventory is if in a certain market, if no other houses were listed for sale, how long would it take for all the active listings to exhaust? Like how long would it take for them all to sell, assuming no other houses were added to the market? And the way you calculate that is you essentially take all the active listings that you have in that market and you divide that number by the number of total homes that have sold in the past month. And it's gonna tell you, okay, look, if no other houses sell, or if no other houses are listed on market, then we have five months of inventory. So basically all the houses will sell. There's going to be no more houses left in five months if nothing else is listed. That's what inventory is. And the reason why it's so important is because it tells you what kind of market you're in. So essentially when you do that calculation, and you can find this data really easily on like Zillow or something, you don't need uh, to get more accurate numbers. You might need the MLS, but Zillow works. And essentially, if you are in a market where you're looking at zero, or let's say you're in a market where it's probably like three to six months of inventory, that's more of a seller's market. Now, when you're more at a market of like six months or above of inventory, we call that a, well, we sorry, we call that a buyer's market. If you're going three months or below of inventory, that's what's called a seller's market. So those are like the general definitions of inventory. And it's just generally important to understand it so you can understand what kind of market you're about to approach or as you're doing your investing career to keep track of where the market's headed because that's huge as well. So that's the first thing. Identify your market. Do you want to invest local or out of state? What kind of market it is? Population. Like those are the biggest key factors in my opinion and just your comfortability level. So those are the big things. Now, number two, like the biggest step is how are you going to actually find your first deal or your next deal if you've already done a wholesale deal. There are a lot of ways you can find deals in real estate for wholesaling. And let me just list like a few of them just so you understand what I'm talking about. You can attack the MLS so you can look at on-market deals. You can do cold calling where you are cold calling homeowners directly. You can text so you can text these homeowners directly to find your next deal. Um, you can 
do ringless voicemails where you, it's kind of like calling, but you're sending voicemails straight to people. You can do direct mail where you're directly mailing homeowners. Like there's a lot, lot of other stuff, but those are probably not all of them, but some of them are like the cheaper ones or free ones. And you can also find deals from realtors. So those are different ways that you can find deals specifically for wholesaling. And in terms of the best strategies to find them, it depends on a lot of things. One, it depends on your skill level and what you have. Like if you have a lot of sales ability, you might be really good doing direct marketing to sellers. So you might be good at the cold calling or texting them. Um, if you're really good at just building relationships with people, you might be really good at finding deals on the MLS or with realtors. But it also depends on how willing you are how willing you are to put in all this work for whatever strategy it is. What I mean by that is every strategy might be free. Some strategies might be a little bit more paid where you're actually paying stuff. For example, with cold calling, if you plan to cold call homeowners directly, even if you are planning to do the cold calling yourself, which you can't, absolutely, it's free to do that, it still likely will cost you some money because you're going to have to do what's called skip trace. You have to skip trace these homeowners once you have like maybe a list of property addresses that you like and maybe the homeowner names. Well, now you have to find a way to contact them. So you need their phone numbers. And often that's not free. There are free websites like True People Search that allow you to find a person's phone number from their name and from their address. But uh, it's it's okay. And you have to go like one by one. So you have to search one homeowner at a time. And if you're planning to cold call, often it takes a lot of volume to actually get deals. So probably the best strategy is to find the list of homes that you like import that list into something like a skip tracing service that just shoots out their phone numbers. So you have a list of properties and now you have a list of their phone numbers and that typically costs money. So there are some things that are like paid. Now the free ways you can find deals from wholesaling, like the truly free ways is the MLS. Like that's probably the, the easiest free way to find deals to wholesale. And a lot of people say out there that you cannot wholesale on the MLS. You absolutely can. I've done it. I've bought deals from other wholesalers on the MLS, but everyone kind of thinks that there's too many people looking at these properties. And while that is true, there's only a handful of investors or wholesalers who are consistently actively looking at all these deals on the MLS because a lot of people believe that you can't find deals on there. So they're just doing their own direct marketing. They're calling homeowners directly. They're doing all that stuff. And so you can definitely find deals on the MLS to wholesale. You can also find deals from realtors, you can technically do, you can technically find deals from cold calling as well if, if like for free, if you are planning to use a site like True People Search to skip trace these people's numbers. You can also door knock. So let's say you have the list of people that you want to call and you, you do want to do direct marketing, but you don't have a budget. You're like, I, I can't spend money. You could also find that list of people that you like, that you, the houses that you want to buy, and you can go to door knock and you can door knock all the mailing addresses and you can find this information on like, on like the tax records or certain services like PropStream allow you to search this stuff easily. PropStream costs money. Uh, but the freest way is, or the cheapest is probably MLS, cold calling, relationships with other uh, realtors. Some people like to wholesale other wholesalers. And what I mean by that is we call it like daisy chaining in this business. And what I mean by that, let's, let's say there's two wholesalers. One wholesaler has a deal and they bring a deal to this other wholesaler like, hey, uh, I'm looking to sell this deal. And this other second wholesaler, they're going to say to them, hey, look, I'm not actually ready to buy this. I'm, I'm not, I don't have the funds, but I do have a buyer's list of my own. Are you like, are you willing to let me market this to my list? And if I happen to sell it for more than what you want, 
Can I keep the difference? So for example, let's say a wholesaler is trying to sell a deal at a hundred thousand and you go to that wholesaler and you're like, Hey, like, can I try to market this list at one ten thousand? And if I get a buyer that's willing to buy at one hundred ten thousand, can I keep that ten thousand dollar difference for my service? So you can do that. I don't really like that that much. I, a lot of people daisy chain and they daisy chain without permission. Um, so it's kind of like to each your own, but it's definitely a free way to wholesale deals. Uh, the hard part about that is building your buyers list to find strong buyers that are willing to buy at higher prices. So. Those are the different strategies you can use. Now, the intri- there's a lot of intricacies within each strategy. Um, if you are planning to, let's say, attack the MLS, for that one specifically, even if you are planning to wholesale, you need to get pre-approved. You need to get pre-approved with some type of lender or just have a proof of funds if you just have the cash ready. Uh, but I'm assuming you don't. And if you don't, then yeah the easiest way to get pre-approved for the lender is to go to a hard money lender. There's two different types of lenders. There's a con- like, well, <laughs> there's a lot of different types of lenders, but the one you always hear about is like conventional lenders where you're doing like 30 year mortgages, lower interest rates, stuff like that. But hard money lenders, these are designed for like short-term loans. They're six to 12 month loans and they're high interest rates. They charge high fees up front, but they allow you to get really good deals and they can lend to you when conventional loans cannot. So maybe the deal or the house is like super beat up. The conventional lender is going to tell you, no, this house is too beat up. You got to get the seller to fix everything up before we give you money. Whereas a hard money lender, they understand that you're probably trying to put in work, getting a deal at a deep discount, and they can lend on those properties. So the easiest way to get pre-approved is go to hard money lender. You can either do a national one or you can go to a local one. Just Google it. It's probably the fastest way. And just call them and say, hey, look, I want to get pre-approved. Now, this is where the ethical thing becomes weird, um, and it's up to your discretion. But if you're planning to wholesale, and your sole intention is to wholesale, and you want to do it on the MLS, you still need a pre-approval letter or some type of proof of funds. And if you go to a hard money lender or any lender, and you're like, hey, I'm planning to wholesale this. I'm not actually planning to buy this thing. They're not going to write you a pre-approval letter. So it's up to you whether you want to say, look, I'm looking to buy a house on the MLS, uh, so I need a pre-approval letter, or you could choose to just be super honest and and not be pre-approved at all. Now, what I do, because I do buy a lot of deals, I go to the hard money lenders and I tell them, look, I'm looking to buy because I might. Like a lot of my deals I do buy, but some I plan to wholesale. So for me, at my comfort level, I'm very comfortable saying, look, I need a pre-approval because I'm looking to buy. And I would recommend for you to do the same. Like if if you are planning to wholesale deals, you're not just a wholesaler. I'll just say that right here. You're a real estate investor if you're planning to get into this thing. Because what real estate investors do, we choose whatever option or exit strategy is best for us at that given moment. So for me, or for you, let's say you do get a deal locked up. And you're now, even though you want to wholesale, you have to weigh all the options. Weigh the option of like, oh, if I wholesale, I'll make uh, I don't know, 20K. If I flip it, I think I can make 40K. If I do an Airbnb, I might make $500 a month. If I do a long-term rental, I might make 200 bucks a month. Like you have to weigh all the options and then you choose from there. So then if you think of it that way, you shouldn't feel as guilty telling a hard money lender if you want that you're not like that you're looking to buy a property, even when your main strategy is to wholesale. So that's like the big thing about the MLS, get pre-approved or a pre-approval letter. Now, if you're doing direct-to-seller marketing, like you're cold-calling homeowners or you are texting them, 
it doesn't matter as much. Like mo I've never had a moment where a seller has told me or asked me the question of like, hey, do you have approved funds or pre-approval letter? Never have asked that. But it's only because of, I guess, my ability to build rapport with them and to get them to trust me. So if you are bad at that, then you might get a couple to be like, hey, do you have a pre-approval or like a proof of funds? Like, how can I know that you're actually going to buy? Or if you're super young, they might not believe it. And then in that case, you might just kind of lean on, hey, like my partner is going to be the one to buy um, if you're looking to wholesale. So that's the thing about like strategies. So hopefully by now you understand you got to pick your market and you got to pick how you are going to find your first deal. So that's called your marketing strategy. Third part, and this is the easiest part, just start making calls. So whatever strategy you chose, it's going to involve some type of reach out, whether it's to a realtor or a homeowner or someone else. I don't know. But if that's the case, you just have to start. You got to pick up the phone and you make your first call and don't expect to get your first deal from that first call. Uh, for me, believe it or not, it took like, I think, well, not my first deal, my first wholesale deal. It took me about 500 cold calls to get my first deal, but I also did a lot of door knocking. So probably like less than 500 door knocks, but 500 calls. It was a very targeted list. I was going after tax delinquent people, people who did not pay their property taxes and were about to lose their homes. I was going after a specific niche of people, took me 500 calls, but I don't want you to think, oh, it's only going to take me 500. It's probably going to take you a lot more because my next deal that I found after that one took thousands and maybe tens of thousands of calls. It took a lot of calls to get that next deal. So just stick with it. I promise you it's all worth it in the end. I really hope you enjoy this video. I hope this video has helped you or this podcast, whatever you're listening to. And if it has, I want you to click on the link in the description below for a free strategy session. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode, connect with me on social media and check out the different ways I can help you grow your business in the show notes. Peace.